Mikey Ruby podcast. It's the Zebra Edition. It's wet and windy tonight, William. Yeah, it's a rough night. This game was in uh, danger of not being played. Uh, pitch, a lot of standing water on it. They've had trucks here sucking it off all afternoon. But we're ready to go now. Uh, it's the same for both sides. Big opportunity for much-changed Connacht side to uh, impress. They want to win. They want a bonus point. There's no reason why they shouldn't get it. They just have to overcome these conditions. Be good training for them. You're going to get nights like this again in Galway. Um, it's interesting. Great to see Owen Masterson back. Yeah. Uh, over a year out. Injured himself February the 20th last year. In Zebra very badly. I hope he has a great night tonight. And uh, Steve Crosby at 10. So there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot riding in this game to just to see how Connick set up and play. There certainly is. We'll talk again in 20 minutes. If the game is still on at that stage. <laughs> Okay, William, we've just gone up to 20 minutes. Connacht leads 7-0. Nia Adiolokan's first try in 11 matches. Um, but it's awful. Yeah, it's pretty grim. It's uh, it's old-style rugby. There's a lot of foot rushing and kicking and stopping and starting. Uh, conditions are pretty grim out there. There's a lot of standing water sort of in the middle of the pitch at both 22s. And players, I suppose, slightly having to take it on chance, maybe going into contact a couple of times because it's you could like get trapped and stuff. But... Connacht are doing okay, they're just trying to keep the ball in hand, they've been on the attack for most of the half, and you would fancy that uh, they're well in control of the game, but another score would be handy now. It certainly would, we'll talk again at halftime. Okay William, it's halftime, 12 points now from Connacht, a super try from Lawai Dawai, I haven't said that right, but anyway, Um, tough going out there. Yeah, we've uh, we made heavy weather of the last ten minutes. Now we we we'd have been on the attack. We had a lot of reasonable possession in their twenty-two, and nobody ever really seemed to decide what they were doing with it. And it all got very messy. And they want to put this game away as quickly as they can. And that, 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 that was poor. I think their concentration levels dropped a little bit there. Um, Zebra had had their little period of dominance, and Connacht defended well against it. Conditions are difficult, but the rain has stopped now, and I think we'll. Uh, comfortably get to the 80 minutes so there's plenty of time in the second half to get the two other tries but they need to be a little bit more decisive when they have ball in hand I know it's difficult the conditions but there was a, there was just too much messing going on there. There certainly was, I'd like to see them dink the ball in behind a little bit more again the Zebra defence are shooting up we're playing a little bit too much rugby hopefully they'll fix that after half time and we'll talk on 60 minutes Okay, William, just gone 60 minutes and Connacht have made their first foray into the Zebra half in the second half. Yeah, it's been an odd 20 minutes. They've been under um, a sustained amount of pressure without really looking like they were going to concede a score other than the penalty. But it's become a disjointed mess in, in, the, in the conditions aren't helping. Uh, I have to say Zebra look absolutely freezing cold. Okay, that was a, a penalty in front of the post and John Muldoon, who's only been on the field a couple of minutes, just took it and went over. Yeah, well, that's probably what it needed. It was somebody just to make a decision and uh, that's eased, eased the situation for Connor. They badly want the bonus point here. They've done what Zebra couldn't do, which was actually score when they got into the position. So they just need another try now to close out this, get their bonus point and go home. I think we'll get the full 80 minutes. The rain has eased off. Pitch conditions are nasty, but 
considering the amount of water on it, this pitch has held up brilliantly. It certainly has. I'm not sure the rain has eased off all that much, but anyway, <laughs> it's still down. But yeah, amazing work with the groundsman to get this pitch playable for this length of time. We'll talk again on full time. Okay, William, it's full time, and Connacht have done the job. 33 points to three. Yeah, they closed it out well there in the last 20 minutes. Every kind of got a bit, uh, bit tired and a bit frustrated. And look, they did well. It was a, it was a difficult night to play rugby. I don't think we realised really until maybe around about the 70th minute just how freezing cold it was out there. Uh, Bundy looked <laughs> like a man who was on the North Pole uh, when he came off. Uh, and they, the, the, Zebra were really struggling, but players were just shivering when they were standing. I think the fact that it had rained and then it had got very much colder. So it's a job done. Conditions were difficult. Whether that game, I think it should have been played. I don't think there was anything wrong with that pitch. I think it was nope. safe, and it was a good job to get it done. Um, slight concern, uh, Nula Dawai. Yeah. Uh, was helped off there by one of the Connacht staff and uh, one of the Zebra players but I think he may just have gone into bad cramp when he stopped moving Yeah. Um, and it'll be you know, a night now to get in get a very hot shower and um, just reflect on five points and move on Indeed and the bench made a huge difference like when you got a bench as powerful as that they really did make a difference because up to, up to 60 minutes it looked dodgy last 20 minutes we totally dominated Yeah the, 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 bench, the bench did its job and probably last week in Treviso in the last game it didn't do its job and I think but with the people that were coming off you'd expect it to do that and uh, John Muldoon sort of took charge within two minutes of coming on he had the dirtiest shirt of anybody on the pitch some of them who'd been there from the start <laughs> and uh, he got he got stuck in um, it's just, look it was just a night to get the job done and they have a, they have a break now uh, we're not back in action until uh, three weeks tomorrow away to Glasgow so they have an opportunity of a week off and then they'll be back getting ready for the next four games in the uh, season. They will indeed. And it was a penalty try and a try from Lewis Stevenson that managed to finish that game off. We'll talk to Rob in a few minutes. Post-game section of the podcast. Packy's with us. Thanks, Rob. Alan's with us. Hi, Rob. William's with us. Evening. Most of those, at least two-thirds of those people have been introduced already. But anyways, let's get on with things. Packy, what do you reckon? It was a fantastic game, <laughs> Rob. I really don't know what to say to you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Five, it was good. It was five points, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Really and truly, that's it. Um, there's there's nothing you can talk about in that game. Not a single thing. No, there is. There is. I had I had zebra plus thirty. So for the last five minutes, I got massive entertainment and I entertained everybody around me <laughs> as I'm shouting for zebra. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of praying for the match to be called off beforehand because it was just oh, coming into it. You're kind of looking at the pitch and you're just wondering, I'm not up for this. And I don't know if the players could have had that attitude beforehand, but I think they were. I think they did the job as best they could, William. Yeah, I think they did. Look, I'm sure they were hoping for a nice dry night with a hard pitch and to go out and really let rip and go for it. Mm. Uh, and most of the time they did deal with the situation. Sebre had a couple of little patches, but they never looked like they were really going to score. No. And it became a bit of a grind. Uh, I don't think we realised quite how bad the conditions were in terms of cold. I think the players were absolutely freezing cold for the last 20 minutes. There was guys shivering, um, looking really, really exhausted. Because I'd say that it was hard going underfoot. They got the five points, as uh, Niall says. But that's, that was all they were going to get out of the game anyway. But 
I'm sure they would have preferred to be able to have a more skillful, more enjoyable game. Actually, that is that is one thing. Pitch like that is going to be a real leveler, and they got the five points. Like that, five tries. Yeah, yeah. five tries. Yeah. Like it was it was good. Showed great professionalism, really, as well, to to get the five tries because yeah, that was great. The bench, the bench did exactly. It was the, probably the best bench Connacht have ever put out in any match in their history mm-hmm. because it had internationals. Those average caps among the bench for Connacht were probably over a hundred. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was huge, and it made a massive difference when they come on. Absolute massive difference, which is what you want your bench to do. John Muldoon, in particular, lovely pick and go. But I think the game turned on that Kieran Marmion break. You know, that's when you that's when you said bonus points coming now. Yeah, felt that too. That, yeah, the, the, Zebra, I, I'd love to know the penalty count actually. That's it. It wasn't as bad as you might think in terms of lopsided. I think it was something like 13 10. Alan, you can check really? it out there. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Okay. Connor gave away quite a lot of penalties, but Zebra gave away, a per- for a period, they gave away about seven or eight in a row. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there was that. Um, yeah, Marmion's break really. Sort of, I just I hope he's okay. I hope Tiernan and Hannon's okay. They both came off. Well, Marmion went back on, but Tiernan, Tiernan didn't look good when he came off. Um, Tiernan was struggling from about one minute into the game yeah. with his left calf, I think it was. Yeah, even on one of his counter-attacks, he just looked less than his usual spark and he still beat three players. Yeah, he did, yeah. I mean, there isn't, more, there isn't a whole lot you can say about the game. Barred the five points and they're vital. Uh, what it means for the rest of the season is another thing, but um, I just think that to do what they did in some of the worst conditions we've ever seen here, or maybe Munster years ago there was a really bad really bad one the three nils um, well that was it at loan but still um, that was just that just showed the best uh, b- bit of a big up by no one we can't get man the match I thought Lewis Stevenson had a great game he did he was brilliant he was everywhere what's the penalty count 13 against Connacht 12 against Zebra that's what I thought yeah, yeah I checked yeah. it in the second half at one point when there was nothing else to talk about in the commentary I was just like espn.co.uk please save me it did, William. I read out stats for about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it had that. Sorry, sort of listeners, I, I, if you were listening. It's, it's funny. I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I, I, it was just an old-fashioned game of rugby. You didn't have to talk about every incident that was happening oh, well, in it every well, second. Well, we were talking about it in here, and we were making fun of Alan's bet, which was going to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I entertained everybody around me in the last ten minutes for my ten-euro bet because I was shouting for zebra because I had, I had them thirty points plus thirty. Oh. I'm standing. Oh, no, on, <laughs> I had everybody in stitches. <laughs> Uh, can I give you a leading question? Kieran Marmion eclipsed John Cooney in quite a way tonight, which was impressive. Fair or unfair? Uh, well, you'd expect that. He's an international player. Hmm. He's, he's, and I don't think John Cooney had a great, great game. And it was, and it was uh, I mean, he is leaving. So, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a choice. The coach made the choice at halftime. I, I, he wanted something different on the field. I think maybe the, the, the 10 minutes coming up to half time were very frustrating for Connick because it was all a bit shapeless down in the 22 and they could have kicked a penalty and got three points and they didn't and they they huffed and puffed and nothing happened and he might have just felt that's it I, need, I want somebody different to, to, to drive this team forward and that made a difference um, but you'd expect that Kieran's been playing extremely well this year I suppose he probably didn't expect to get 40 minutes of rugby he was probably maybe expecting to get 20 yeah he's always eager always willing to give it everything what do we think of anyone else nothing else to add Nash Steve Crosby what about him not the easiest debuts ever was it in fairness it's not it wasn't easy at all couldn't really judge him yet not really I'm just going to finger point about Tom Farrell again I'm finger pointing excellent game 
Excellent's probably a little bit strong. <laughs> <laughs> finger pointing, uh, finger pointing. Yes, there's a general consensus that Tom Farrell is very, very good. Alan wants to bring him to a higher level. Yeah. I think the, but he is very good. The most amazing start of the whole game was that we had uh, four different kickers scored tonight. Yeah, Tiernan Halloran, who else? Jack Carty, Craig, Craig Ronson, and John Cooney. Cooney got one from the touchline, right foot, right side. Beautiful. Oh, he hit the post. Adi Lokan's try was well taken. Dawai's try was beautifully taken. Popped up on the wing. Yeah. All. He threw me when he did his Chris Ashton belly flop. I thought it was Aki for a second. Yeah, we could perhaps have done without that. But uh, there, w- there was a camera. <laughs> yeah, if there was no camera, it would not be good. Um, he'd probably get a bit of. Stick I remember. A, I would say. I remember a junior club. Let's say a second team of a senior club where some some centre did that a couple of years ago in a, in a league game, and he got taken off immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I suspect he'll get a bit of stick from the lads for that. Uh, he was in quite a bit of bother at the end. He was sort of carried off between a, a Zebra player and um, a co- Colin coaching staff guy. I think he just went into cramp, probably. I don't know whether it That's was... And I think it was probably doctor, cold yeah. cramp more than anything <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah. Uh, Bundy came off looking, as I said, like a man who'd been to the North Pole and back. Um, he gave you a little wave. He lifted his arm. Yes, it was. It was like a very, um, a very min- a, a minimalist wave. I yes, think, yeah. And it was one time where we're not we're not going to give him any grief for not waiting for the applause because he he just had to get into the dressing room and get himself warm. Yeah, there's a two second clip of him on comics Twitter feed <laughs> inside in the dressing room. He looks. He looks absolutely miserable. Well, Dawai played his rugby down in fucking Otago, and if I know they have a closed roof there, but a lot of his away games were in tough conditions. So don't give me he has never seen conditions like this before. Yeah, they've only had a closed roof the last couple of years. Yeah. Like they, it was called, it wasn't called I the watched, House of Pain for no reason. I watched him play Manawatu uh, in one of the last games to play for him before he came over to us, and I tell you the conditions were every bit as bad. Dave Finn's here. Evening. You're shivering a bit there. Ah, it's been a long day. <laughs> a long day. Well, press conference, post game, you chatted to Owen McKeown. Owen McKeown, he was, he was in good form. I uh, got man of the match um, for a lot of the, I don't, on the, probably the most inappropriate phrase on a day like today, a lot of the dirty work. Um, uh, but uh, he was very good, and uh, let's hear what he has to say. I know possibly some of the worst conditions you've ever played in, certainly here. Uh, definitely here uh, since we since I've gone professional, but uh, I don't know if it'll top. Uh, we played um, Biritz, I think it was three or four seasons ago over there, and there was another inch or two of water on what was out there. So that was that was the worst. But second, that's definitely the second worst conditions I've played in for a while. I mean, when you when you you've had Pat was saying you had a bit of chance, you didn't get much of a session because you were over in Italy last week. <laughs> the compare and contrast is is unbelievable. But how do you prepare for it? I mean, you know it's going to be you know it's going to be going to be wet how do you prepare in the week for something for those type of conditions can you prepare for that um, well look, look we, we're, I think we're probably better off um, than the Italians are playing in those conditions but uh, just when we had our we'd only one session this week which was on Wednesday and uh, it just happened that halfway through that session it bucketed down and the last 15 minutes we basically just played phase play and uh, it was probably it got us in. Uh, it was good preparation for us um, for that for those conditions there. So we got used to the kind of the mucky, mucky ground, the wet ball, and uh, just the greasiness of it. So if you look at that back pitch, it's probably it's probably twice as bad as the top pitch. So we got used to it in the back pitch, and then that didn't seem so bad then. What seemed to be significant was very the lineup went very well today. 
the scrum went extremely well, both with Dominic and Ronan and then when Dennis and Finney came on, it was very solid. There was no, sometimes at least those conditions can mitigate against good 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 set play, but it seemed to go very well today. Yeah, I think we we kind of said it during the week that they they had a very strong scrum, and every time we played ever they they always trying to have a crack off us. You could see they were rolling the ball in and not striking it, which meant. You know they were they were really going for us. They wanted to try and walk over the top of us, but I think we were the lads did really well just to stay patient, dig the feet in, and just hold out. So you could see I think it was taking about ten fifteen seconds for that ball to come out the back of it, which is uh, which is a good sign. It means that everyone's staying patient and locked down. And don't underestimate how uh, how much tough work that is for the lads. The the front row like that takes a lot out of you. So uh, very proud of the lads. I thought they did really well tonight. People will see 33-3. I think it was a very one-sided game. There were 20 minutes to start the second half. And there was a bit of bit of in the first half where they were up camped on the line, but they didn't. They almost got over. It seemed to galvanise the boys for the last 20 minutes. The fact that they had kept them out because it wasn't the best 20 minutes immediately. After. Yeah, I think like they obviously got a bit of it. They must have got a bit of a bollocking when they went in, and uh, I think we just we were a bit cold coming back out shivering. Took us. 10-15 minutes to really get get back into it and we, there was a couple of kind of compounded errors it was a drop ball followed by a penalty followed by something else and um, when you have those kind of compounded errors it's um, you generally end up coming up the, the other team end up coming up with points but I think we a bit of a look at the draw there and a bit of hard work and grit that uh, helped them to or helped us to keep them out so um, we'll be pretty happy having a, a clean sheet there now with tries you kept them, you considered no choice and got the bonus point win. Different back row last week, no choice. Uh, they got a bonus point win. Competition in this back row in Connacht right now is, is huge. You have the jersey. Is, do, you, do you feel like you have to step it up because you know you've got other guys? If you make any sort of mistake, that somebody yeah. is there ready to take your jersey. I think so, yeah. I think, especially towards the end of last year, that's how it was. It was, you know, you could have a pretty good game and literally it was one or two mistakes and that was enough to whoever was behind you to come in at the next week ahead of you so um, there's a nice couple of battles there in the back row um, in certain positions uh, so myself and Shawnee Mull and Aaliyah a lot of lads there Jake vying for, vying for spot so um, I think that brings the best out of us when there's that high competition there and uh, like you know it's only better for the team at the end of the day Finally you won 18 points from a maximum of 20 in this block of four games you get a, wait, bro, you get a break now How, how's confidence within the group heading into what a very difficult three away games and then you're back here to face nicely yeah, good. Obviously, like, and it's, it's like it makes a big difference going into a break, knowing that you've a, a good job done. Um, if we if if things had gone differently there, you'd be you kind of spend the whole break thinking about and uh, thinking about how you should have won that. So I think we'll be happy and uh, we'll be able to enjoy the couple of days off. But um, we know the challenges that are ahead of us when we come back. Uh, we've a training week and then back into some heavy games. So um, we won't underestimate the challenge, especially when all the teams are back to full strength again. So um, that's when we're really going to have to knuckle down and. Uh, well, it's a business, uh, business end of the year now as well. So this is, uh, this is where every game counts because um, we didn't have we didn't have the start we wanted to the season. So um, every game, every point is uh, is going to be massive for us. Even even at training, you can see the standards kind of been risen. It's uh, like in in our unit sessions, just having lads there and. Um, and have a lot of fine for positions you can really see like Wednesday we, we took lumps out of each other because uh, anyone who wasn't in the team this week was fired up and, uh, and killing us but that's kind of what you need you know it prepares you then uh, when you've lads trying to take your head off and train when you come onto a game then it's, uh, it's never as bad so <clears throat> we know obviously uh, just from the two games last year Glasgow um, getting the win over them they came back here and they were going for us so I think uh, we'll be the underdogs going over there which we enjoy and we'll be happy to happy to bring it to them over there you know we know we didn't play how we sh- how we were used to playing let's say towards the end of last year at the start of the season so that was a bit frustrating but 
to be honest, we're all about looking ahead now and, uh, and looking onto that game. We won't be dwelling too much on the past games. Pat, uh, okay, 10 points from two games. Let's start with that. And four wins in a row, which is the longest win streak of the season. So now you can sit back and say, going into this break, you've got a bit of momentum now. Yeah, I mean, we you know, achieved our goals. Um, yeah, probably still disappointed about the Dragons game, not getting that one. But I think the big, big one tonight, really proud of the boys. I mean, that was probably, you know, the toughest conditions. I've always been a big supporter of the weather out here. And we've never really had what, you know, I thought the reputation was a fair, but that's probably the worst. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of boys are shivering and cold at half time and uh, they went straight to the showers as well. It's uh, That was tough when you get the wind, the rain and the cold. But... I was the, the type of rugby we played, you know, when you look at the, the score and you look at the quality of the rugby that we did, it was a real professional effort, you know, to get a bonus point in those conditions, to keep a clean slate on our defence, it's three weeks in a row, our D's really uh, is humming now. Um, but the quality of the tries we did in, in pretty, you know, uh, tough conditions, I was really, it was, it was a good game. And um, I think the other thing I'm really happy about, because of the five-day turnaround, you know, it justified you had to change the squad because it's the you know one thing about the Italians they're very strong and physical, and the boys were pretty sore last week, and so the next group came up and made it. There's some great competition now as boys come back, and it's pleasing. I saw you chatting to Marius Maitre about an hour beforehand. Would you have preferred that game called off considering the condition? No, no. The main the main thing for me was just checking if um, uh, that was safe mm. that we could play. So. Um, I was easy either way, um, but uh, I want, so I just want to see what his decision is, so that we could, you know, be be ready for it. And um, he said, "No, it's fine." And I said, "Great, let's get into it." And I think we talked about it as a team. We just changed a few things around our tactics. We been training in that pitch on Thursday was when we, we we narrowed our game down and really work try to work through the middle. And um, but also realised that instead of throwing miss passes, which unfortunately we did at times, just put it through the hands still. Um, in the warm up, as uh, I said, don't catch the ball in your body. Just keep getting comfort, comfortable catching the ball. Um, and uh, there's a good balance. You know, I thought sometimes we overkicked to kick out. We said, look, just kick it and keep it in. So we can put the pressure on the D-line and we, we adjust in the second half. So all in all, it was uh, a really good professional effort. Yeah, on 60 minutes though, any reason to be concerned at that point? They had, had a really good 20 minutes, perhaps unexpected really, in terms of how the game had turned in their favour. Yeah, it was just our errors. You know, we dropped the ball a couple of times. and um, uh, But I think, the, again, the D put some more pressure on them to get the ball back. And so in the second, even in, just before half-time, there was moments there we could have you know, possibly got another try in there as well. But uh, it was just about composure, just, um, you know, and, and obviously Marmo breaking, uh, changed the flow of the game and got us back on the front foot. And that, you know, scoring that try after that was a big confidence boost and got it, brought all the energy back up. Um, really pleased for, you know, people like Owen Masterson, great. I thought he did a, a great shift and he got a lot of confidence out of that. Andrew Brown coming back, I thought Dominic, Dominic uh, Robertson McCoy showed, um, you know, the potential that he has. Stacey Ely, I don't think he's played in those sort of conditions and he did extremely well. So, you know, there's, um, it was good. Lewis Stevenson, I thought, was tremendous as well. You know, the the, the old experienced man and then he played, he played a good game. So it was, um, it, was, it was great to see guys put their hands up to, uh, you know, for what's coming up. Uh, we know, you know, obviously we got three away games in a row and that's going to be a big challenge for us. Steve Crosby's on loan here. 
he had a tough debut now to be out in those conditions and he played very, very well, obviously. I'm, I'm sure you probably be better judge of that than me, but just thoughts on that. What can Connick fans expect in terms of he's on loan? Is that something that could possibly lead to a contract as well? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's actually, um, we, we, we picked him up and uh, he'd do it to the end of the season. And, right. and again, you know, that's, that's all you want. You know, as far as next season goes, it's not up to me, but all guys can do is put their hands up and mm. show at this time of the season. That's what, what the challenge is. You know, and uh, I thought right across the board, everyone stepped up and uh, it's good. You know, we spoke about it in the change room. You know, everyone's going to be pushing. Don't don't take your place for granted. And um, it's, it's, it's a great place to be in. Tough decisions for us as coaching group. Um, but we're going to need everybody. And um, because, you know, the challenge is every week from here on. And now that we've uh, done these five-day stretches, is the best 23 we'll play every week. And that's not on paper. That's on form. How pleased are you with Tom Farrell in terms of the way he's played his way into your cont- in contention heading into the final stage of the season? Yeah, I think all the boys, Tom and all the boys that have stepped in and never started with us at the start of the season, you know, that's taken a bit of time for them to get to know the systems and so forth. But again, I, I think, you know, a lot of credit goes to the team and, 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 you know, as I keep saying, they're the weakest link when they arrive and it's up to the boys to get to make them feel part of it, get to the boys to help them learn everything. And uh, once once those players feel part of it, they uh, it's easy for them to perform, and and that's certainly happen, happening with you know Tom. We saw James Cannon come in, um, uh, Steve Crosby, and and you know and a few others. So it's it's good to see you know and a lot of the team take a lot of credit for that. Just finally, the playoffs seem the more likely route. Obviously, you won't give up on a on a top five, which it has to be now. But if it is the playoffs, what's it about in terms of building towards those games in May and, and getting momentum? I think our main goal, and it's always been, it's in our strategic plan. You know, Connacht Rugby has to be playing Champions Cup. It's the one thing I have before I leave. I want Connacht being in the Champions Cup next year. Uh, so that is the goal. Uh, whether that's going to come through automatic, um, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the you know the way the competition, the top seven don't make it through. So whether that's automatic or whether for a playoff, uh, we don't know. No one will know until the you know all we can control is just keep picking up wins. So we keep picking up wins and we will see what happens. Um, but uh, the number one goal is get into Champions Cup for next year. Yeah, there is. I think the mindset's really positive. I think the. Um, the competition is the key, you know, that's where we were this time last year too, you know, when every week, you know, even people are wondering who, who, which, which combination is going to go out there and we've now got that situation, you know, you look at, um, you know, when last week you had Craig Wallison and Bundy, you had Tom Farrell and Bundy this week, you had uh, Danny Pullman played well last week, Matt Healy still injured, coming back, um, you know, Nipia played last week. Jake Jake's uh, will be coming back. Now Leah had his run. He did well. So Masterson, you know, Sean O'Brien. There's just so many combinations that we can pick from. And uh, that's going to keep everyone on edge because no one can take their, their place for granted. Yeah, how's John Cooney? Yeah, John, John's fine. He, uh, uh, we'd always planned that John would do the first half, Mama would do the second half. And then uh, Mama had to go for HIS. So John came back on. So that's the other... Plus, that came out of no, uh, no no major injuries. And Danny Pullman wasn't. No, he's, uh, he hurt his hip in the beginning, so strained something on his hip. Was so he was struggling in the warm up. So uh, uh, last, that's what we said. The boys just prepare to play. It doesn't matter what team I name, and it's happened again through the season. So uh, Jack was down as twenty fourth. So Tenen stepped in. Jack got onto the bench. That was Pat Lamb. This is Lindy McKenzie. Evening, Rob. Evening. What do you think of that? Well, um, all I can say is that 
I'm glad I wasn't rolling around in the mud with those lads tonight. I don't know. Kieran Murray, you look no, like hey, a lie, Lily. No, that's <laughs> a lie. <laughs> no way. Yes, leaving that aside. Kieran Murray looked like he was having fun. He was being driven through the mudslide there. I sure. Like, that's that's just that was a spectacular finish, wasn't it? I mean, he slid. I mean, his break was perfect, but he slid like about twenty meters. Yeah, he did. And I think um, James Crombie has a stunning photograph. James Crombie, oh. very much friend of the podcast. Some, World class work there. Did that get counted in his stats of an extra 20 metres of the run? <laughs> ball in hand. Connacht actually gained 381 metres with ball in hand, and considering the night that was in it, that's pretty phenomenal. 18 defenders beaten as well. Yeah, I think the other thing about I think the other thing about it was I was actually quite delighted that you know they actually totally changed their tactics um, for this match. They they looked at the weather and they decided that they weren't going to you know run from deep the whole time. And you were impressed with the way they lined up because from the very first minute, the very first attack. There was a real kind of close-in backline. Everyone was within five metres of each other or three metres of each other. And that was a statement right from the off, really. Yeah, and I think the other thing that was really pleasing about, and I think Pat Lamb alluded to it as well, was during press conference this week, I know that Jimmy Duffy was talking about the, the, the quality of the what was driving the players on was the quality of the competition now in, in training. Yeah. And I think you saw that out there tonight. I thought Lewis Stevenson had a had a blinder yeah. you know um, in the lineouts. great to see Andrew Brown back in and Owen Masterson and Tom Farrell looks like he's becoming more and more comfortable in, in the centre as well and I think it was a great opportunity for those players who haven't had much of an opportunity to date to come on and play a game like that you know even even given the conditions and as well as that as, as, as Lamb said was you know to maintain that that clean sheet in terms of um, to, to tries Oh, absolutely. I mean, I agree, I agree with what Lenny said. It was some fantastic individual performances out there. Um, we know Owen got mad at the match. Uh, we, Lewis, I thought, was superb. A very, yeah, and actually, we, we were just, we were just when we were thinking, oh, we were slightly surprised that we were. I think that the consensus among us in the press box was that Lewis was definitely up there for man of the match. And then he immediately goes up, it's announced it's on, and then Lewis goes and scores his try. Um, there were lads I mean I said on Monday there, there were some interesting subplots I wasn't expecting Pat to make that many changes and some still some immense uh, subplots has, I would suggest that Tom if Tom hasn't played himself into, an, uh, into, a, into at least a one year contract uh, I, he certainly should have, have after that he was superb um, Alan's finger pointing yeah, 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 yeah. I think Packy wouldn't go as far as you just went there, but no, I'm sorry, that's why that's why I only said a one-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for for, for fans of Tom Farrell, we should stress Alan just gets too excited about a player too quick, so we have to keep. keep oh, but I mean, I mean, it's, you can't. You, the thing is, this is why, this if you're talking about over performances, Lewis Stevenson on tonight, you would say he has played himself into another year's contract, but only on. But you can't judge him on one game. Whereas I think with Tom Farrell, he has done enough over the last few weeks to justify, uh, justify a contract but I mean I've I've played matches in on pitches like that without that rain and on rain like that without on not on those pitches I've never played in those specific conditions I think the fact that 30 that that 46 guys went out there and actually got 80 minutes worth of rugby out of the game let's take that out of it sure it looks 33-3 looks one-sided it wasn't a one-sided game we were one drop ball away from being 12 from actually possibly from being 12-10 and then Marmo makes his break so they put Given the conditions, take that into account. That's the massive mitigating effect. There was 46 guys put on a game of rugby, and Marius Matreya refereed it, refereed it fairly and with a little bit of compassion for what was going on out there. And that's the main takeaway, that actually rugby is a game you can literally play in anything. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. I'm just looking here, William. They're putting back all the lights for the dog track here. I just wanted to reminisce about the fact that if you had told me 10 years ago they'd be able to 
you know, do something like this, have a setup where they can just take everything down, put it all back up. We've gone so far on. Even the crowd tonight registered at about 4,000, if that's as many there was here for a game at the end of the season. doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, they, they, um, it was quite impressive. And they've even got a big new state-of-the-art Sandmore tractor <laughs> seems to have been replaced by a, an American Jeep Dodge yeah, tractor does, type thing. It does look like Very. something they advertise in between the uh, NFL uh, um, games and the American yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, there's only two home games left. So, yeah. I mean, if, if you're a season ticket holder and you've, or you've bought a ticket, you're going to come along. It's, it's, not, well, it's, not, it's not cheap. They were sold out and there was about 2,000 short. Yeah, because a lot of season ticket owners probably didn't turn up, but plenty did. Well, plenty did, and, and some of them must have uh, either that or they just have a different sellout level for this game. I, I don't quite know how it works because this stand was full, the other stand was full, unless they let people who had bore more yeah, end tickets did, in, yeah. which is the right thing to do. Uh, get people in under a bit of cover, and there was there was a good enough atmosphere. I think it was it was an enjoyable game because it was a throwback game. Yeah. It was something you don't see very often now in modern rugby. It was old. You know, uh, kick the ball ahead, kick any head, and just get the job done. It is. There was no any, head. Any, any head will do, as Maskeen would have said. It's this is you know rugby is a winter sport. They were winter conditions, and it was a fine game, and I enjoyed it. Good. You say that like someone was disagreeing with you. Okay. Anyways, let's start rounding this up. What else do we have to think about? Two-week break. This is the problem, Packy, right now, because we're not going to catch the top five. We're just not. So now what do we get out of all these games? Because they could go on a win streak. If they win in Glasgow, they could go four or five in a row. They're four in a row now. That's momentum. be nice to win away because you're going to have to... You're going, if you do get into the playoff, you're going to be away for that. So it's nice to win a couple of games yeah, like that. Irrespective of whether you get through to the top five or not, you, know, you don't want to be going into a playoff situation having lost the last three matches. So, you know, the more momentum you have, the actual better and the greater confidence of us going into those matches. Are you looking forward to games like Glasgow away now? Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Uh, I, I, Do you feel a buzz about the season? You know, because like, we were so spoiled last year. That's the, probably half the problem. We were, and I'd say that yeah, it probably is half the problem. It's, um, it's not as, you know, it's not as upbeat. Like, uh, you know, body language earlier on didn't look as good as possibly it could have been. I said the, the cold had an awful lot to do with that. But um, yeah, they're, they're they're winning ugly at the minute, and that's it's always it's always good to win. Winning ugly is better than losing well, isn't it? Yeah, and a win streak would make a huge difference. Yeah. Seven place English side, seven place French side. We don't necessarily need to fear teams at that level when we get them. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, obviously, it's going to be an away game, uh, and away matches are just not our strong point. No. Uh, it's something that. Pat Lamb's done a lot of things here, but it's one we still haven't solved. Our, our, our away win record is, is not great, and I'm rather hoping it's a French team. I, I just have a horrible feeling of going away to play one of these English sides. It's, it's not one of our strong points, but uh, look, they'll take that at this stage. It's, it's all they're going to get, I think, and they might have the final at home. It's a 50-50. It's a one-in-four chance of, of winning that little playoff competition and hopefully they'll get it down to at least have it would be great to bring a side here at the end of May it'd be a huge event even though it would only have a small thing like the Champions Cup uh, qualification the major problem is that the uh, Challenge Cup is, is a poor event yeah, it's a poor it. poor relation. and in all likelihood that's where we're heading on the current status you know one in four chance in the playoff and almost no chance of top five is it fair to say no chance at this stage I, I, I just can't see it I, I don't know you unless need to win unless, every game you need to win every game you need to pick up bonus points and the other issue would be somebody would have to start playing quite badly and they've all got to play some of the Italian sides again it's an unfortunate situation that uh, Glasgow or the Scottish teams and the Italian teams you only have to beat one of your compatriots to, to get this position and it's it's there for eight years it's an eight year deal but this is only the third year of this contract so 
I, I don't know whether it's going to be revised. I think European rugby are probably slightly concerned about it as well. Alan, quickly, you've just done some research. Harlequins, did I hear you say seven? Yeah, for France, for France at the moment, it's looking like Racing. Right. Uh, Racing or Toulouse or seventh or eighth? Yeah, <laughs> Racing or Toulouse would be... Yeah, okay. Uh, Remember I started this by saying, we don't need to fear the seventh or eighth, and maybe we do. And well, then for England, I'll pose a question. What happens of what happens of Zebra Falls this year? And they're the team that are supposed to go into the Champions Cup. Treviso, will go in as the Italian. Yeah. Has see, to. But I think, and but I think this as well. You know, you, you're looking at Glasgow, and fair enough if they finish sixth, they, they they go in. But once again, you're looking at a situation whereby it's stopping other teams who are better than them getting in. And I think. You know, when they're looking at the whole situation of the Pro 12 and they're thinking about going to America and wherever and Georgia, Romania coming into it, these are the issues that, that, that really need to be addressed immediately before I think any, any other team should come into this competition. I agree. Fully agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Sorry, just on the English teams, it's one of, at this moment in time, Harlequins, Falcon, Newcastle Falcons or Gloucester. We might go back to Gloucester because we owe them one after the last playoff and twenty extra well, we time. Never ha- we never have beaten any of those teams away from home. But anyway. Yeah, fair and point. we certainly <laughs> owe them one in Newcastle because we were appalling that day, if you remember rightly. Yes. Yes. Wasn't, that so the team, wasn't that the game we the last time we played Newcastle wasn't that the, wasn't that the game we I don't want to say we yeah, we we, we had we we're in the yeah. midst of last year's horrific injury crisis. So right, finish with you packing and any other business. The one thing that they have going though is if this kind of team is at full strength, you're back to the pro twelve winning side, so they're capable of entering if they have a bit of momentum. Yeah, that's true. Um, a lot of players to come back, and uh, yeah. it'll be it'll be a huge help. Um, I'd like to see Bundy getting a couple of more games somewhere. Uh, I don't know if they can arrange that, but um, just to get him back, match sharp again. It yeah. took him a while at the beginning of the season, and I think it, it looks like it might take him a while again. Okay. Any other business? Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Yes, just one thing. School's finals on March 15th. It's the Wednesday of Paddy's week. It's Jazz against Garbley. Summerhill. 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 So that's basically a traditional school up against an up-and-coming school that's really kicked on in the last 10 years. Yes. It's Galway v Sligo. It's two of the hotbeds of, of rugby in, the, in Collect. I've completely missed who's in the Junior Cup final, for which I do apologize. Monave versus... Oh, in the Junior School, sorry. Junior School's final. Um, Monave versus... They are, the junior cup. they are great. They are actually great days. They're not... Okay, they're finals, so sometimes they're not necessarily the greatest games ever but the atmosphere here is spectacular I was at um, and sometimes you see uh, you see a great player you, you get to see some good players the first schools final I was at Henshaw was at 13 and Carty was at 10 and uh, that was the first one I was at so sometimes there are some good guys out there we never used to watch the match when we came to the schools cup final here we used to just throw eggs at each other and tomatoes and stuff and that used to get us into all sorts of bother the following day but that was 40 years ago and I don't condone that behaviour different times the bish has changed the bish, the bish has, has changed, changed. <laughs> they're probably more sophisticated than eggs and tomatoes these days just on that's not picking an anthem but the work that Sligo Rugby Club have done in Summerhill is it's beyond amazing yeah. um, all the players that got into the Irish under 20s last year and the the talent that they have come through is it's it's it shows what you can do when you put in the when you put in the work at underage levels and they're certainly doing it. Yeah, and they're, they're steady in the uh, f- f- All Ireland League and pushing for promotion. They're a great story, and how many under twenties have to produce in the last few years? Can't say enough about Sligo. Okay, anyone else? William. Yeah, Sunday, March the nineteenth, two thirty, Connacht under nineteens versus Japan under nineteen here at the Sports Ground, which uh, celebrating the sictieth anniversary of. Us, rec- the I- Irish Republic, recognised the new government in Japan, and apparently they came on a tour at that stage to play some rugby. 
So um, nice. that's nice. going to be. Uh, I'll be coming along to that. That could be quite interesting. I want to yeah. see what these younger Japanese players because. They'll be small and quick. <laughs> <laughs> they will be small and quick. Yes. Apart from the Tongans, <laughs> that they've played from, they've um, they've done that quite regularly over the last number of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, can I just go back to my point about the Italians? I noticed tonight that how many Italians were actually on that team or on that squad? I think there were like 10 of the squad from South Africa or... or yeah, and wherever, and and I know that they obviously they didn't have their 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 Italian internationals their internationals yeah. with them. But at the same token, you know, th- if Italian rugby wants to improve itself, I mean, obviously, I know people could turn around and say Connacht have you know hosted New Zealanders, whatever, but we don't have an overwhelming sort of majority no, in a particular team or like, exactly in the squad. So just looking at that team today. You know, I think that's just another area that if uh, Italian rugby wants to progress, that then they certainly have to address that issue. Move to Rome. Move to Rome. That's not just in look general. Or <laughs> it's, it's an elephant <laughs> in the room that nobody wants to tackle. Everybody, uh, Six Nations, uh, John Feehan made, a, I thought, a very interesting statement last week that basically said it's a closed shop, there's six teams, we're happy with it, and everybody else can get stuffed. And World Rugby really can't force the Six Nations to make a change because the Six Nations is a private tournament. The situation here is that the Pro 12, Aviva Premiership and Top 14 have signed this staging agreement that probably came as a big surprise because it really did go down to the last minute. And I actually think European rugby thought this deal's not going to be done and we're not going to have a European competition. And then they turn around and sign what is apparently an eight-year deal, that this is the way it's going to be. And you're going to have two teams, and by the looks of it, the two Italian sides, no matter wherever they're based, are going to be 11th and 12th or somewhere in that area. Three wins between. Yeah, it's, it's not good enough. And really, you would think that either television, who put money in, or the sponsors would eventually say, look, this is, this is just not acceptable. It's, it's supposed to be the top 20 teams in Europe. That's the whole point of the Champions Cup. And it's not. Thanks for talking. Anyone else? Any other business, Alan? Yeah, just one thing. I get very, very, very frustrated. It's a completely different subject. Very frustrated with the national media on TV, on radio, in the press, talking about the monsters that we play against in the French monsters and they're huge and the South African monsters that are huge and the English monsters that are huge. The Irish pack were 30 kilograms heavier than the French pack last week. We have a massive, massive pack. Only, only the South Africans can match us for size and yet we keep hearing these guys going on and on about how big the opposition are and how huge they are. Irish players are huge. We have huge Irish players who are talented and capable of playing rugby at the highest level. And would they ever give over and get on with it and just talk about the skill levels? And it's also possible that the French lie somewhat about the size of their players. <laughs> I'd, say so. I'd say so. The size of that guy, Antonio. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the game they play. Yeah, uh, Alan, the, no, no, the, the, way they, the way they play it, the type of game they play is, it's, you know, who could enjoy it? Like, all right, let's just let this podcast fade out. <laughs> this conversation will continue. We'll be back in, are we back in two weeks? Are we taking a break, everyone? Yeah, we're due a break, listeners. But we will be back with a blockbuster series of podcasts.
That's it. Say bye, everyone. Ciao. Bye.